welcome to a, another live streamed episode of the Sea Life Different Podcast. I'm trying something new here, and um, we're just going to go with it. So this is streaming on social media. So the Black Panther movie. Um, well, actually, first thing first, I said yes to being a speaker for the Women of Wakanda Summit. The Women of Wakanda Summit was based off of the theme of the movie, um, Wakanda Forever. And having that, um, being a part of that production was amazing. It was another um, full circle moment for me because I have had experience with uh, event production. When I was a, a leader with the Kiwanis organization, um, but I've actually put together especially a few African-themed events. Um, one of them was a, an event called Hera's Art. There's, you know, an annual event every, I think it's every November. I think Rap Day is coming up in November. But to commemorate those who wrap their hair and, and have different styles of rapping, um, we had an event, in-person event for that. And then I had an in-person event for the Operation Quattro's Africa 60th. Um, I was the one that ended up spearheading it. And then um, I had my own summit, my own summit for the Sea Life Different podcast. Um, I wanted to bring my my previous guest and some of my favorite people, my favorite women together uh, to commemorate the Sea Life Different podcast. And then I wanted to also... Uh, commemorate the fact that I, I made it <laughs> two years of podcasting because not many people make it one year. So that was amazing. So I saw this to say of I was a speaker first and then I was a uh, co-producer. So it went from me just saying, yeah, sure, let me be a speaker, the, the other power of networking. But also it went from me also um, seeing, okay, how can I bring more clarity and more ease um and uh productivity to this and so that was really my zone of genius my zone of genius was making it a bit more easier on the back end so if you watch the recording search for woman of wakanda on youtube uh it looks seamless (laughs) but there was a lot happening behind the scenes um and i'm grateful to have had that experience with my own summit um have that experience through my training and development through Landmark Worldwide. And uh, it truly is my zone of genius that all I had to do was um, support the agenda and keeping the flow of things. That also, how, how did I get that speaking engagement? That was the power of networking. Um, I am a member, free member of a group called Forbes the Culture. If you have heard of Forbes magazine, they have a community for the culture, the BIPOC, the diaspora, African descent, however you want to call it. They have a specific group of powerful people like us um, to network and um, meet and be a part of each other's events. That's how I first became a speaker for that. This was a first circle moment to me because I had already declared it out into the world that I wanted to speak. <laughs> I want to be an internationally known speaker um, I'm more than just a photographer, but using my photography skills, I was able to see things differently 
um, when it comes to maintaining my love and uh, ability to stay organized um, and tell stories. So now being able to um, proudly add the event uh, event production services, um, I was just doing it like, I've just been doing it just to do it before this. But I'm proud to add that, you know, now they're going to be event production services, um, especially having had my own summit, having a podcast for three years, almost 100 episodes. Um, speaking of, keep keep listening to the See Like Different podcast. There goes my brain moving on to another topic. Um, keep listening to the See Like Different podcast. Thank you for listening to the See Like Different podcast. Um, I've reached 10,000 streams or, or downloads or, or um, listens, however you, you categorize it. But I took a six-month hiatus. I did. I took a six-month hiatus. Um, you know, I started to see what was not working as well for me. I mean, it was fun. It's fun to interact with all the amazing women. Um, and a lot of the amazing women that were guests on my podcast became guests at my summit, right? So it's still a matter of networking and putting out there what it is that you want, right? But what wasn't working is that's normally as far as I got. It really frustrated me where I would have guests and the rest of the branding was not on par. <laughs> it, there's nothing aligned with what they say they are, who they say they serve. Um, and I knew that I, one, I needed to have a, a different level of um, of guests. But two, I've been using it for, for other platforms that how many people really actually know everything that I have been um, doing really for the last decade. I have been blessed to be an entrepreneur for over a decade. I'm also blessed to be like a second generational entrepreneur from both my mom and my dad. Um, so having had gotten my start, I've actually gotten my start in entrepreneur selling bean pies. I'm a Muslim woman, so I, I also love baking. So I got my start in entrepreneurship as selling bean pies before even getting my first $50 from you know having an in-studio photo session. But I've been an entrepreneur for over a decade, and I'm a second-generation entrepreneur, um, but also having the tech, tech abilities, right? I was doing online classes before everyone else was doing online classes. I was using Zoom before everyone else was using Zoom. So there's a, there's a difference between being a tech-savvy entrepreneur um, who is organized, who is a visual creator, um, despite seeing in one eye being a cancer survivor, you know? So... We wore white because at first I was like, why are we wearing white? But no, we wore white because, um, you know, there, there, there were a, a couple of funerals. You know, there's, there's a, I went through every emotion watching the movie, every emotion. There, there's sadness, of course, because we are naturally grieving. That's why we wear white culturally. Historically, we wear white to grieve. The black to grieve is, is just uh, something, a new concept. Um, and also being able to dress up. I was also... Uh, uh, be able to continue event strategy because there was a, um, uh, a movie premiere event. So that was amazing to be at and be in the presence of people and dress up in my African, you know, outfits. Um, I think the outfit that I chose was I, I bought it online from Warrior Apparel, but I had tried on the multiple outfits that I had either gotten from like that when I went to South Africa or when I went to Gambia. Um, I have an outfit from Ghana, but I saw it. I'm like, I saw, found it for the first time because it's you know winter over here. So I was switching out my wardrobe, but 
You know, it was amazing to wear African garb again. Um, you know, I'm multicultural. I am uh, indigenous and um, black. I'm indigenous and black. Um, so to really see the history from both sides was, was really fascinating as well. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I was to say about the Black Panther movie. Um, you know, just like just like I shared, there's so many names that are on those and credit for a reason. You know, not only are we supporting creators, we are also supporting creators, creative creators, culture, history. You know, like creativity would not be here, innovation would not be here if it wasn't for humanity. So, um, and so with that being said, save the date for the Sea Life Difference Summit. Um, Stay Life Different Summit is based off of the podcast. It's for women by women and even more so narrowing it down even more. If you are a mom, you you still currently work, you are an entrepreneur, and you are differently abled, whether it's visible or invisible. This is for you to have a community of other creatives and entrepreneurs who are in the same pathway as you, meaning they they write, they um, photograph, they speak on podcasts, but they utilize their any create any creativity, and it's going to be a one day um, event. We're going to dive into all of the things, all of the things. Like it starts uh, with your mindset, right? It also starts with how you um, manifest, and it then also starts with how you get that message out there. How do you tell your story? And then we're going to incorporate a bit more technology um, and to make things easy, ease and clarity. That's what we're aiming for. So uh, save the date. More details coming soon. Um, Atlanta, Georgia. And I think that's it. If you want to be a guest on my podcast, the best way to do that is to book a brand strategy session first. We're going to take a look at what's not working as well as you like it to. And we're going to make sure that you have whatever is that missing gap um, in your current business. Um, and then you'll get to be a guest on my podcast because you get to share and utilize exactly what you've learned. So um, that's how we're going to do season six of this podcast. And we're going to um, stop when we make it to 100 episodes because you got bigger things to do. and. Um, I guess congratulations to me <laughs> for making it to 250 subscribers on YouTube um, after taking a hiatus. Um, I think hopefully if, if that's not the one thing you got from this conversation is that it's okay to take hiatus. It's okay to take a hiatus um, because it's not going anywhere. <laughs> your purpose is still going to be knocking at your door until you take action, until you network, until you strategize. Until you attend the Sea Light Different Summit. <laughs> so I am including the excerpt from when I spoke on the Woman of Wakanda Summit. The Woman of Wakanda Summit uh, was really described as um, a woman empowerment event released in honor of the Black Panther movie. So um, on the YouTube version, there is our uh, uh, Wakanda Forever backgrounds. And it was all things, all of the things about um, tech, 
entrepreneurship, media, mental health, um, woman empowerment. And I was honored to be a part of it and co-produce it. So in uh, my specific panel, I was uh, honored to be on a panel with um, Leah Minna, Me, moderated by Pamela, and it had uh, Tan TV as well, the, the CEO and founder of Tan TV, which is the African Network TV. Um, and we all talked about media, what our life has been like in the media um, and why we chose media through all different realms, through fellowships, through the U.S. government, through our own African-focused TV network, through podcasts, through books, and uh, when we were working with news stations. So the true definition of all things media. So enjoy the 25 uh, or so minute conversation, and um, I'll, I'll see you next time. As we know, media has changed immensely after the last couple decades. Social media has impacted society into not only creating new marketplaces for growth, but opening both negative and positive impact through social sharing. Today, we have our media panel moderated by Pamela Marshall, titled Media Re Rewriting Our Authentic Voice, The Magic of Storytelling. Pamela is a peace ambassador, a successful author, journalist, talk show host, actress, and influential speaker. She is executive director of Pamela D. Marshall Incorporated. She spearheaded the Sisters of Wellness Projects, which empowers women and girls and aims to educate, inspire, and enlighten the next generation of leaders. She is a trailblazer and has become the youngest television news anchor in Jackson, Tennessee at age 19, the first woman and the first African-American vice president of the Greater Memphis Chamber of Commerce, chief of staff for the Shelby County Mayor's Office in Memphis, Tennessee, executive director of the Memphis Area Association of Governments, and was honored to be interviewed by the undersecretary of the U.S. Department of Agricultural Rural Development during the President Barack Obama administration. Pamela? Hello, thank you so much. I have been so inspired today as I've been watching and listening to this incredible panel of women. I am reminded of something that uh, Shakespeare said, what's in a rose? Would it smell any sweeter if it was called by any other name? And then this event, Wakanda. Wakanda means it's, it's, a, it's a female uh, name and uh, represents magic within. And that is exactly what we've been experiencing today with all of these incredible women, the magic within. We've worked in various aspects of the media and telling our stories is just critical. I started in the media when I was very young, 18 years old in radio, and then matriculated through various markets. And in one interview, and this is why our stories are so important. I was at an interview in Davenport, Iowa. And the news director asked me, and I wanted the job really, 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 really bad. I needed the job. And he asked me, what do you consider yourself, an African-American woman or a journalist? Well, in that moment, I had to think, what is the right answer for this? What is the answer that's going to appeal to this white man that's sitting across the desk from me who has the opportunity to say yay or nay? And in a split second, I spoke, and I spoke from my inner magic. I am what the creator made first. I am a woman and I'm a black woman. Because of that, I bring to journalism another perspective. 
because of that, you have a voice in your newsroom that none of the other television stations in this market have right now, because at the time we had the top three, ABC, CBS, and NBC, and there were no other women of color, no other people of color in that market. So what you have in me and your station is what nobody else will be able to bring to the audience across this market. I wanted to make sure that I gave an answer that would make me proud as I walked out the door, whether I got that job or any other job. I am what the creator made first. And these women who are here, who are part of this panel about the media, are able to share those same kinds of stories and how their brand is significant, how what they bring to the table is significant. So I'm so honored to be sharing this time with them. One of the times that I worked in a newsroom and I had a phone call from a mom who said, would you please do a story on the fact that they run out of African-American dolls every year? And when I brought that to the assignment editor, he said to me, why is that a problem? Well, I'm so happy I was there to take that phone call. And I'm so happy I was there to help him understand that you are living in a norm that we as women of color should be okay bringing to our children something that does not look like them. And because we have the opportunity now with these platforms that are allowing voices from all across the globe to tell our stories, to bring our magic forward as Wakanda represents, we are able to not worry about whether or not somebody else is telling our stories. We're telling our stories today. So I'm very pleased to have these ladies who are a part of this panel. And as they introduce themselves to you by telling you about their brand and why is, for those who are listening, why is it important for your story to help connect your brand to your clients, your customers, and to the world? We're going to start with Securia, Securia Muhammad. Thank you so much for being a part of this panelist, someone who found her place in the media through adversity, through childhood cancer. Would you tell us that story, please? Absolutely. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for the grand introduction, Pamela. And I'm so honored to be amongst the beautiful queens next to me virtually. And my name is Zakia. My name is Arabic for the afterlife. And my murder name is also Arabic for bright light which ironically, that is exactly how my cancer was detected, by the bright light of a photograph. And since I was detected uh, and became a cancer survivor at the ripe age of nine months old, I was then introduced to a camera at the age of five. After I was introduced to a camera, lo and behold, I didn't even know that became my purpose. I studied photography. I utilized that as my voice, as my way of communicating, my way of sharing what I see and how I feel. And since then, I've been able to repurpose that into a brand, into literally making it a book, making it a podcast, and encouraging other women like you all to tell their story and utilizing that as a way of positive media. And it, none of that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for my mother. That's the queen first. She's the one who detected the cancer. She's the one who was the writer, who was journaling every single day about what it was like for her to be the mom of a daughter who had cancer and what that's like and how to raise her to be a very different woman who's empowered enough to tell her story and in return can build a brand and result that empowers. So that's me and I'm honored to be here, still here. That is, yeah, that's fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for inspiring all of us to recognize that 
no amount of adversity is a reason to quit. We are going to have obstacles, but but quitting is never an option. Thank you very much, Secure. Uh, Leah, Leah Miller, world traveler, you have had to be a part of telling your story in many, many spaces. There are people who may feel like that's the last thing I want to do is talk. What do you say to those people about overcoming that obstacle of standing up in their magic of telling their stories? Well, first, I also want to thank you for this opportunity, everybody, organizers of this event. And what a privilege and honor it is to be next to you and also to the lovely ladies of this panel. And just in general, this is an honor. But in answer to your question, I would just say, because your voice is important, I'm tired of always hearing status quo voices, voices that do not reflect me or my experience or the things that I bring to the table. And I felt like if I can't find those voices, I'll just speak up and lift up my voice and hope that someone else can hear me and that will inspire them to speak up. So I have always been the person who was the pepper in the sea of salt. I've always been in very homogenous communities. So I've always stuck out. So I've always had to find a way to own my power, own my voice, tell my own story because I can't allow mainstream narratives to dictate who I am and define me to the world. So that's why I've chosen the hard path of entering into public service um, as a foreign service officer, but even more broadly to start my brand, Leo World Traveler, which is truly my unique voice and my own contribution to the world. And I would just say that there's nothing stopping you. We all have a story to tell. We all have something to say. We all have something that will benefit and help and assist our community and someone else. And if you don't lift your voice and speak up, who will do it for you? Um, we're at a point now where we can lift one another up as a community. And there are so many different platforms today for you to bring your voice to the world that the barrier to entry is really very low. I look forward later on in this panel to talk about some of the things that I did to start the Leo World Traveler brand and hopefully can inspire you to follow your own truth, follow your own path. Don't be afraid to be a trailblazer. Don't be afraid to be a narrative corrector, a narrative changer. Um, that's what I consider myself to be. And that's definitely what Leo World Traveler is all about. So I'll stop there. Thank you again. And I look forward to continuing the panel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Fumi, Fumi started as a person working in broadcasting in her own country and had, continues, even though she's in the States now, still producing programming back home and in the States. What is it, uh, Fumi, that you would say about the significance of your magic and your telling your story? Um, first of all, it's nice to meet everybody um, and it's an honor to be here. The beauty about storytelling is that it's simple, but it's also complicated. Um, we can all relate to stories. We've heard stories from our parents, um, our grandmothers, um, the village, if you grew up in one. Um, there's stories everywhere. Stories of how your mother made a meal, um, down to story of how a woman conquered a nation or defended her tribe. Um, so from the simplest of stories to the most complicated of stories, we can all relate. And every time you hear someone say, let me tell you a story. Something inside you wakes up. Something inside you becomes attentive. Why? Because it triggers um, a part of your being. Kicking off in broadcasting, 
um, being an only child, uh, only female child with three brothers, I was tagged as being the hyper child, first to speak, first to move. You know, and back in my culture back home, it's um, it's a negative thing for a female. They ask you to be calm, sit down, shrink, respect your elders. When the men speak, you don't speak. Wait till it's your turn. And I broke all those rules. Um, I did get my back broken a couple of times for it, but it just didn't stop the fire. So I dived into broadcasting, realizing that I just could not keep calm. I had to find ways of expressing my story. And not only did I do broadcasting, I dived into Nollywood. Um, I dived into the theater. I dived into audio um, speaking engagements. So it's important that you have a say. It's important that we do this not just for us, but we do it for our mothers. Let's create a scenario. Women in the 60s and the 70s, they got married at very early ages, 18, 19 years old. Um, never had the opportunity, most of them, to discover themselves, to get to know themselves. They fell immediately into two roles, wife and mother. And everything about them got shut up, got locked up, and, and most of them, the keys were thrown away. And they get to a point in their lives where the children grow up and the children become their own. And then possibly the, the spouse might pass on or the spouse moves on. And here you are, the woman who got married at 19, fell into two roles, but did not have the time to fall into her own role. And when she gets to that age, everybody tends to dictate, oh, you're a grandmom, oh, you're a mother, oh, you should or you should not. But deep down inside, that girl that was 18, 19 is still alive. Sometimes we don't tell these stories for ourselves. We tell it for the women who have been silenced. We tell it for the women who have been conditioned. We tell it for the women who have been placed in a box, in a space, in a corner, who have been caged mentally, who their lips have been sealed. We tell it for others, not necessarily for ourselves, so that when they sit back and they take the time and they watch a movie like Wakanda, there is a smile, there is a tear that drops, there is a warmth, there is a shiver of knowing, of relatability. That is the most important reason why these stories should be told. But also these stories are pathways for our little girls that walk behind us that are coming behind us so they know the way and they can follow the roof. You know, if you ever grew up in a village, when you see the path that leads home, you know it. It looks like bushes, but the bushes, every tree, every flower, every leaf is familiar because it takes you home. That is why we tell the stories. Mm. Wow, that's wonderful. And, uh, a dear day, look, I've been practicing. I guess I didn't practice enough, but your, your, your magic is still magical. And in, in looking at what you are doing as a very young woman and, and seeing, you know, behind um, Fume that, that we have to come with these stories and kind of break a box, break out of the box anyway. How did you do it? Mm. 
Well, first of all, for me, that was wonderful. And um, to the organizers, you guys are amazing. Chase, Roxanne, and everyone behind the scenes. Uh, thanks for creating this space, um, you know, for this gathering today. And I must say, that what a time, what a time it is to be a Black woman in the world, right? Um one thing I always say is that representation matters. And that's been my motivation and drive for everything that I do. Talking about using your story, I I never saw myself as a Black woman, right? Because I'm Nigerian, grew up in Nigeria, came here for college. And all of a sudden, I'm being tagged as a Black woman, <laughs> as an immigrant, as an African. And all of this has now become my identity. And I have to move around in the world, especially being here in the U.S. for so many years now as this person, right? This identity that I cannot shift out of no matter what I do, no matter where I go. So what I've done and what I've realized is that since this is my identity, I cannot shy away from it any, any further, right? So my identity informs who I am in the world and how I move. And one thing I've noticed because... um my background, I started as a pre-med student, now a full-on, you know, journalist, and then now, now to being a business and a media entrepreneur. And when I used to, I was, I studied um, med technology, you know, back then. And when I used to be in the lab, there used to be things like being talked at. And I, I, my first experience with racism came from just working in a lab back in Oklahoma and just understanding like, wait, there's something going on here. And then as I moved around the world, I started noticing that this is a common thread. So I'm like, how do we tell our stories? How do we increase positive representation in the world? Then I started writing for HuffPost and I would pitch stories that were being rejected by the editors. And then I started writing for Forbes and it was so hard to get an article that I really wanted published. And we will go back and forth and they just did not see the point in these stories. One of the key pivotal moments for me was when I got to interview the first pilot that circumnavigated the world solo on a single engine aircraft. His name is Pilot Lola. He's Nigerian. He came to DC and there was no media covering him apart from myself and another Nigerian media called TVC. And so I got a call that, hey, you know, the this pilot, he's doing this amazing thing. In the UK, it was profiled on BBC, but when he came here, there was no media. And I found myself, you know, scraping whatever dollars I had left to go to the airport, to the Dulles International Airport, to do this interview with him. And I did this interview when he left. And upon his return, I got a call again. I did the interview. All this with my own dime. I pitched the story to Forbes. It wasn't picked up. And then finally wrote it on HuffPost. It, it went on HuffPost. So I started to understand that if we don't have our own platforms, if we are not doing the work to actually put our own voices out there, Nobody else would do it for us. And so I went on to launch the African Network Television, TAN TV. Now, the vision, I would say, of this media company is that we want to become the first mainstream media that really tells the African diaspora story. 
what I've observed is that there's a wave of change happening in the African diaspora, and we all cannot deny it. Like, you can see how big this Wakanda movie is from Black Panther to Wakanda Forever. And it's rooted in our history, in the African history. And I was listening to a talk by the director, Ryan Kugler, and he says he pulled from each of the actors and their stories and their cultural identities, like Lupita Yongo, who was born in Mexico, grew up in, in Kenya, and then later came to the U.S., you know, to Daniel, who is from Zimbabwe. And basically, he went back into the history of these actors, right, and just trying to weave in their own personal narratives into what we now have as Wakanda Forever. And they also got, like, cultural consultants to create this movie. So to me, it's just a time where we are more alive today than ever, and what I see is that there's a need to document this wave of change happening. And that's what TAN TV aims to accomplish is how do we document our stories today? Like when you look at entertainment, you know, we're all excited about Bonaboy, Whiskey, we're talking about the Grammys. They just created an Afrobeat section, you know, and all of that. Who is really documenting our stories? And that's what we want to do at TAN TV. In different scale of things, just on a day-to-day -day basis of living in America, you have entrepreneurs, business leaders of who are Africans that are amazing and doing a lot of innovative things. There's a restaurant called Swahili Village in DC. They've gone on to open about three more in New Jersey, Virginia, and, and um, I don't know, one other place. But this restaurant is, they're pushing on the brink of being like the first um, fine dining African restaurant in the US. And we got to work with them when they were launching their DC restaurant. And one of the things I, I try to do is to weave in the narrative of redefining the future of African fine dining in America, right? And we're trying to tell that story. And I'm seeing a lot of old African restaurants coming up and pushing the narrative. And so what we're really doing with TAN TV and the idea of storytelling is that we believe that rep representation matters a lot. There's a wave of change happening in the African diaspora and we don't want to miss out on what's happening. And so for me, being a media entrepreneur who started as a you know, journalist, independent journalist, pushing myself, even when I was being told no, even when I was being pushed to uh, not have a voice really, or just out of the room. Like you have no place in Forbes, you have no place in HuffPost, you know, like, or even other bigger platforms. I've always wanted to write for Vogue. I've pitched to Vogue a million and one times, you know, there was a time where I sent in, they said, okay, yeah, we're going to, we're going to publish this article. Last minute, I freaked out. I changed some of the content on the article and then it was dropped. So you have these challenges and you have these experiences. But one thing remains true as a business leader, entrepreneur, is that if you keep pushing forward um, as you own your voice, you're going to you're going to make that mark. And so I'm, I'm just going to um, stop here for now. But there's so much to say. And thanks. Yeah. You're so welcome, Chase. And yeah. we could do a whole two hours, just the five of us here. I don't know. Do I have time for one more question? Or, or is the appearance telling me that it's time for me to go? Well, well real quick, as we as we have come to love this this film that uh, the second 
show is is opening yesterday and in other parts of the country. Off the screen, um, we lost a giant of a man uh, and his story, his health challenge, uh, Chadwick's health challenge. As as you all watched that, and then with COVID, that brought to uh, the headlines, the, the comorbidity issues of people of color in this country. How is it that what we need, what we're doing, how can we also help to shape the narrative about health disparities of people of, of color in this country? Well, Quickly, either I, one of you. Okay, I, I having still going through the healthcare industry in America, um, media is important. Uh, not just for the pandemic, not just for colon cancer, not just for retinoblastoma, but if it wasn't for the media, I would not be alive, right? It's the same thing goes for colon cancer awareness. For any type of cancer awareness, it takes uh, media from the from those who go through it to actually put it out there. Sure, we can depend on our doctors. Sure, we can depend on WebMD. But how would you really know the ins and the outs, the physical, the mental, the financial, the emotional aspect of knowing how to get through it once you have gotten to it? So that's what I can share about that. Of It really is up to us to share that different narrative when it comes to uh, the, the medical side of all of it. Thank you. Chase, your hand is up. Does that mean I'm done? Yes, no, no. I just wanted to be able to ask a question to Leah directly around uh, being a career foreign officer. You know, media does a lot with traveling and now she was able to sync well with the U.S. Department of State. I just wanted to hear that story and now anybody who's listening right now can be I'm motivated. Chase, by the way. He's Thank a, you. He's, he's the guy behind this. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yes. Okay. Just briefly, because I know we're running short on time, but it is something that I wanted to share. Um, it's not an easy path to get into the U.S. Foreign Service, and I imagine it's equally difficult in other nations as well, but it's essential. Why? Because if we don't have people that look and think like us, that represent our country overseas, we will never be able to achieve the objectives of what democracy is supposed to be. We will never be able to truly promote human rights. We will never be able to find equality and, and opportunity that is supposed to be the American dream. Why? Because my story is going to connect with a certain subset of my sisters and brothers around the world in a way that my white colleagues may not necessarily be able to connect. Um, their voices may not be seen as, as authentic as mine in certain audiences. And so it's, it's an area where I felt like I have a unique value add because my voice is in such a minority as both a woman, but also a woman of color. So when I go out into the world where I'm in Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, or I'm in parts of the world where there is an African diaspora community, I am much more inclined towards finding ways to connect with those communities, to provide opportunities to those communities, to elevate and lift voices for those communities to also communicate back to the United States, to create partnerships, linkages, offer scholarships, English language training, all types of opportunities, chances for people to get seed grants for businesses to come to the United States to study and to send Americans abroad. Because I think equally in this role, even though I serve the American people abroad, I also want the American people to go abroad. They need to see South Sub-Saharan Africa. They need to see 
other parts of the world with their own eyes. There's, which is why having our own voice, telling our own stories, having our own narratives is so important. And it's why I chose to go into the media aspect of diplomacy, because I want to counter what I perceive today as sort of a very flawed media landscape in the United States. I think we've moved far away from true journalism and true storytelling to just political biases and punditry that's hiding um, as news. And, and a lot of consumers just accept it on face value, but that isn't actually news. And it definitely isn't telling all of our stories. And it definitely isn't keeping everyone's well-being in mind. There are certain narratives that are being promoted that if we don't tell our stories, will be accepted as fact because there's no counter to it. So that is why I chose to go into the media area, specifically for the U.S. government, because I think as flawed as the government is, there are still a lot of really good people who are trying to do the right thing, that are working on behalf of the American people, who are genuinely wanting to make the world for all of us much better and much more closely connected and want to promote our voices and our experiences, because there's a lot to be gained and learned through our experience that hasn't been necessarily considered historically. But now, as many of my beautiful, wonderful panelists have said, it's a moment of opportunity. We have the platforms, we have the talent. We, Lord knows that was never even a question. So it's just a matter of us getting those narratives and those stories out, because I think it's important that more people are aware of it. There's, there's an opportunity to connect and we can now, we're all in positions to help each other. We don't have to rely on previous institutions or other people in communities to, to elevate us. We can do it for ourselves. And that's why I went through the media, you know, path in within the State Department, because it's a chance for me to tell those stories factually, accurately, owning up to the mistakes that we've made. No one says that the U.S. government has it right. It's certainly not perfect. But I think it makes us more authentic and genuine if we can confront the things that we've done wrong and aim to do better. That's all we can ever promise. But if we're willing to confront the mistakes we've made and learn from them, that lends itself to to being much more much more credible and a true partner whatever endeavors we try to find. As far as getting in, and then I'll end with that, there are several scholarships and partnerships or fellowships that are available that pay for you to go to graduate school, get a degree, and guarantee that you can start in that career path without having to spend any money. I come from a humble background. My parents didn't have a lot of money. I'm the eldest of three, and I knew that if I wanted to pursue higher education, that I needed to find it find funding my own on my own because um, my sisters were right behind me and my parents needed to support them. And as the eldest, I felt a responsibility to make sure that my parents could take care of my sisters. So I found the Thomas R. Pickering Fellowship. You can Google it. There's also the Charles B. Rangel Fellowship. And those fellowships are specifically designed to bring in our community, people like us, people who don't fit the status quo, which we always joke as pale male in Yale. Um, we're the opposite of those. And those are the perspectives that we want to bring in. So if you know anyone in your life or if you yourself are, have ever thought about maybe going into public service, this might be a way in. And the other thing I quickly want to add is that don't think of government as just a box approach. You can do anything you want within the government. All the different career paths exist. You can be an IT, you can be an entrepreneur, you can be a media specialist. There's, there's a need for all of us. There's a need for our perspective and experience. So don't feel like you can't get in. The only thing that I was saying is difficult is that there is some testing that you have to take. But I feel like if you can read a book, if you can look up a Wikipedia site, you'll be able to do your research and take the test and pass without any problems. And I'm available here to answer more specific questions if anyone has about the fellowship programs, the entry into the Foreign Service, the types of work and opportunities that exist there, or just about 
you know, branding Leah World Traveler to express my voice outside of government as well. So thank you again for the opportunity. Um, I really appreciate it. And this has been a wonderful experience. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you, all of you, for your contribution in sharing your stories about the significance of the magic within and how we as women of color have an incredible story to tell and our presence is the magic. Thank you, Chase, and for all of those who work to put this on. I appreciate the opportunity to be a part of this panelist to talk about the magic of Wakanda, the women of Wakanda. Thank you all very much. This has been another episode of See Life Different. Um, if you want to learn more about working with me, uh, whether that's through um, Clarity Call, VIP Day, or just to say hi, go ahead and uh, click on the link in the description.